right, welcome to Born to Sell Denver. Today we have some awesome guests. Uh, Tyler Shields, who is the leader of Relevate, and uh, his team leader for his team, which is uh, Natalia Kazensev. I hope I got that right. Is it close enough? No. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? It's like a high school graduation all over again. (laughs) My parents didn't even know that I got called. They didn't clap. And I was like walking across the stage and they're like, oh, wait, that's our daughter. (laughs) So it's Natalia Kazantseva. Kazantseva. There's an A at the end. (laughs) Ah, that's right. Okay. Okay. I should have been more prepared for that. I apologize. (laughs) Okay. But either way, um, I'm really excited to talk to you today. And uh, I think um, it's been really cool to see what you, both of you, have been able to accomplish. I mean, I remember both of you when you were just getting started. And uh, in fact, I remember the team leader of your office actually calling me one day and say, you know, you've got to meet this guy. Mm. And so uh, why don't you start, uh, Tyler, by telling us a little bit about you and about uh, Relevate. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, thanks for having us. Um, Tyler Shields, own and run Relevate. Um, so business started essentially in 2015. So when, when I got my Colorado license and started that uh, that team in earnest, um, have two equal equity owners. So we've been in a partnership from the beginning, um, Andrew Scholes and Matt Stover, and we've been growing it since then. Um, and uh, another interesting fact is that I am married with six kids. So I am busy on the business and the home front, both. Awesome. That's really cool. Okay, uh, Natalia. Yeah, Natalia Kazantseva. I am team lead as well as producing agent on Relevate. Okay. And, and how long have you been in the business now? About five years now. Okay, very cool. Mm-hmm. So tell me about your, your title of team lead. What do you do? Yeah, so my job is to basically help coach and mentor the agents that are on the team besides myself and just make sure that weekly we're doing 411s. We are showing up, we're doing what we need to do, teaching them how to embrace feedback, teaching them how to show up and teaching them like trainings and obviously how to execute on what we need to do to be successful in this industry. Very cool. And you started out on the team as a buyer's agent, correct? Actually just as an agent. Okay. So on Relevate, we don't really have buyers or listing agents. You're just an agent. Okay. So yeah, started out and just a little sponge ready to soak up everything that Tyler was going to teach. <laughs> <laughs> and when did you step into the role of team leader? Last year was my first year, so going into about a year and a few months now. Yeah, right beginning of last year, January mm-hmm. 2022. Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. very cool. And so tell me about the rest of the Relevate team. You guys yep. have multiple locations. Yeah, so we, we're what you would call an expansion team. So we have a location in Littleton that Natalia helps to run, and then we have a location in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, we've had that location since 2018. And so, you know, last year we did right around $4 million in GCI, and we have this unique setup where it was basically half and half. About half of that production was in Phoenix and, and half in Colorado. So, so we've put a lot of time and energy into how do we prev- provide value, not just here locally to agents, but a value that um, someone can feel even if I'm not walking around the office. So, okay. And okay. so just to talk numbers really quick, you did in 2022, you did uh, 4 million in GCI. Yep. Is that correct? Yep. 318 units mm-hmm. and 120 million in volume. 170. I'm sorry, 170. Yep. I can't read my own writing. 170 <laughs> million in volume. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, so tell me about that. It looks like, in fact, in 2020, uh, 2021, you actually had about the same number of GCI, a uh, few more units, and about the same volume. And we all know that there was a shift last year. So what did, what did Relevate do? 
Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a hard year. Um, and, and we felt it. And I feel like the story I want to like tell over and over again is like, um, if you're succeeding at the highest level, then you've experienced failure, right? And you've, you've experienced tough times. And so the biggest thing we discovered last year through the shift is that our strategy in the previous market didn't work in, in the new market of the shift. And so I would say our previous strategy was let's create an abundance of leads and opportunities for our agents. Let's leverage them so they can handle as much business as possible. And then let's produce. Um, the problem is as the market shifted, we were no longer able to provide this abundance of opportunity. Um, and leverage wasn't as necessary necessary because there wasn't an abundance of closings. And so we realized our focus needed to shift to provide the opportunities we can and hold our agents accountable at the highest level to convert those opportunities. And so we had to make a big shift in, in our focus. Um, and so not only do we do that, but we made a shift in just realizing, all right, if, if our focus is going to change, we need to make sure our agents understand that. And so we created a commitment document and we said, all right, it's going to look different now. You need to, you need to commit to three things, show up, embrace feedback and produce. And we define kind of what those things look like. But a lot of it was around, we're going to start doing stand-up meetings and you're going to start sharing your daily commitments and your goals. And we're going to hold each other all accountable to make sure we're converting opportunities at the highest level through that process of calling agents up and in we either let go of or saw, saw walk away 44% of our organization. Wow. Yeah. But still maintain the same number of closings approximately and same GCI and same volume. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So part of it was agents, part of it was staff as well, but we've cut our monthly expenses in half and we've kept our production the same because we, we have everyone that stayed is up and in They're producing at the highest level and they're, they're, we're way more efficient as a company than we were previously. Okay. So more or less you guys said, to everybody on your team, we want to be the best. If you want to be the best, then here's what you actually have to commit to. And so who was, who was the person that was most responsible for, for doing that? Yeah, probably my business partner, Andrew. <laughs> my business partner, Andrew Scholes, is just very analytical minded. He's not emotional about it. He can look at it and say, we have to do this. We have to strategy shift. And, and I'm so, you know, people centric that I think I would probably go down with the ship just because I don't want to let anyone go or, or say something as hard. But he said, we need to do this for, for the love and care of our people. We need to, we need to call them up and in so that we have something that, that still exists and that thrives for those that are actually doing well. And so I think Andrew's probably most responsible for, Hey, we got to do this and, and helping us call people up and in. Okay. Natalia. So how did this affect you as both an agent and the team leader? What was this like for you? Well, <clears throat> the hardest part was for the very first time in my life, I was responsible for uh, letting people go and not fully responsible. We did it obviously as a team, but because I lead these agents four one ones, you know, I was in those conversations of, hey, listen, this is why we're having to make some tough decisions. And then also calling other agents up and in, you know, just because we have all these really strong friendships doesn't mean that this is the best thing possible for you as an agent or you as a person in your life. And um, in other ways, it also needed it basically needed to happen so that I would call them up and in so that expectations were a lot more clear and they were given, it's basically like the, you know, are you going to go down with the sinking ship or are you going to rise to the occasion kind of thing? And I feel like anyone as a top producer can attest to the fact that when times get tough, we will just get tougher. Mm -hmm. So it was uh, definitely a, low, a learning curve for me to be able to do that and grow as a leader in that sense, to be able to go through those tough situations. But I feel like everything that has come from it has been a direct uh, correlation to those tough situations. Yeah, I know that's it's a hard thing to do, right? I mean, when you're letting somebody go, I always 
whenever I've ever fired anybody, I felt like I was doing them a favor. Mm-hmm. They don't really see it that way, do they? <laughs> no, no. You know, fast all. forward a few months or not all of them. Yeah. But fast forward at some point in their life, they're like, oh, okay, that led me to where I am today. <laughs> That's what you're hoping for, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah I've, I've always felt like if someone is not, we're not letting go of someone who's not absolutely crushing it and succeeding in their role. Right. And if someone is not, if someone's not succeeding in their role, then there's likely a better opportunity for them. I've always thought it's about fit, not necessarily the person. And so letting them go is there's a better fit for you. <laughs> you know, you're not succeeding here. There's someplace out there you can succeed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it has to be a win-win with our team. I've always loved that. You know, we don't really have an open door policy. And also we, our policies are pretty clear. Like if it's not working for you, it's not working for us. So why would we continue to try to, you know, get a split off a couple lucky deals? That's not our intention here. So. Yeah. yeah. I think that was a trend for a long time for teams is just to, just to grab as many agents as they possibly can. Did you guys ever do that? Did you ever have that mentality? And, and how did you change if you did? Oh, totally. Yeah. When we started, I mean, most all the coaching that existed around team growth was what people had learned in growing brokerages. And so brokerages, it was kind of always, Hey, agent count is unit counts, direct correlation to agent counts. So just get as many agents as you can and grow, grow, grow. And that was my first coach that that was their kind of mindset. And at some point we looked around and we realized we had a 10% profit margin and we weren't really making money. And we had a bunch of people that weren't producing and just said, this is not what, this is not what we want to do. So we kind of had a crossroads and we're like, if we want to run a brokerage, then let's go run a brokerage. But if we want to run a team, then we need to run a team and have it look different than a brokerage. So at those crossroads, I realized I want to be a team. I don't want to be a brokerage. That's when we started to realize, no, it has to be fewer agents, depth of value, um, making sure that we add something that's worth someone giving up half their commission. And, uh, and so that was, that was a crossroads that, that we made that change. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. And along the way you get to, um, experience and and grow talented people. You obviously have a very talented person in Natalia. So how do you create a world big enough in your organization to fulfill everything that she needs? Mm, Yeah, that's a great question. I think, um, the first thing is you need to have a big vision. Like that's the first, the first step is I need to have a vision big enough and, and like think of a world that I could create big enough that hers could fit within it. So if I don't have a huge vision, then uh, it's going to be impossible. But I think too, um, the way you do that is you consistently ask your people, Hey, what is your three to five year goal? What is your 10 year goal? Like, what do you desire three to five years from now? And I'm checking that against my vision to go, will that fit in my world or will it not? And if it doesn't, then I start asking myself, can I make my world big enough for that to fit, fit in my world? So, okay. Natalia, what do you think about that? I mean, you know, anybody who follows you on social media, you just look like you're having so much fun and you're obviously very successful. So what has Relevate done for you? Yeah. So I think the whole making his world big enough for me is a hundred percent it. I didn't feel like I, it was either always produce this much business or not be on the team. Like I didn't feel like I was stuck at a crossroads. I just felt like I was going to get my business up to a level that I really wanted to kind of hold and maintain. But then also what could I do to, uh, make my world even more fulfilling. And I think Tyler almost even saw the vision in me before I really saw it in myself because we started talking about the team lead role way sooner before it actually happened. And I shut him down and let him know, (laughs) oh, no, I don't know why you would think I would be a good person for that. I'm just going to do my own thing, stay in my own lane and just keep, you know, closing, buy and sell sides. And then I started almost 
without even meaning to, just kind of mentoring other agents on the team, answering questions when Tyler maybe wasn't available or if I was more readily available. Like if Tyler was just not in the office and I was, you know, people could come to me and approach me and we're all about collaboration on our team. So obviously asking each other questions. And so then I kind of became the go-to person for questions. And then very quickly did I realize, wait, I'm kind of already doing this. So then when the conversation came to be again, I was a lot more excited and having that confidence in myself. So he's always believed in me before I feel like I believed in myself. And then that confidence in me just was able to grow so much more naturally. Very cool. Okay. So let's get to the nuts and bolts here about your team and where you guys get your business from. So what, I mean, you guys did uh, 318 deals last year. Where are those deals coming from? Yeah. So our uh, we segment into three primary lead cat, lead sources or categories. So the first and foremost is sphere of influence. And so anything related to someone in our sphere doing a, doing a deal or them sending us a deal, that represents about 45% of our business is sphere. Um, it wasn't always that way, but I think a mature business, it looks that way. Um, uh, secondarily, our second largest lead source is agent referral. And so that might come directly from an agent or might come from a referral network. But I would say about... of our business is agent referral. And then the remaining 25% is online leads. And so there's a diverse types of online leads. It might be Google local service. It might be Facebook leads. It might be, you know, uh, pay-per-click stuff like that. So there's a lot of types of leads that fall in that category, but that's still roughly about 25% of our business. Okay. And what's the mix between buyers and sellers at this point? Yeah, we're probably about 70% buyers still, 30% sellers, um, always working to try to improve that year over year. But Okay, yeah. very cool. And, and actually, you know, that's very typical, I think, for people who have been in the business as long as you guys have. Because what you're going to start seeing is that first generation of buyer that you close is going to be the seller, right? And so that'll probably kind of naturally even mm-hmm. out a little bit. Yeah, okay. yeah, it makes sense if you look at the lead sources, our, our um, online lead marketing is very buyer focused. The referral networks are very, you know, buyer focused. And then our sphere is that we have a lot of younger agents that have younger sphere that are buying for the first time. And so then as we see that turnover, you'll start to see that listing focus shift. So, okay. So Natalia, what are some of the things that you're teaching your people to do to generate business from their met database, their sphere of influence? Oh, I love talking about this. So I think Sphere is huge, and I think it's a lot of untapped potential. Uh, First and foremost, I think having a social media presence needs to happen. I don't care if you're 21 years old, 35 years old, or 45 years old, or even older. People are on social media nowadays. Um, My mom has a Facebook, and she doesn't even know how to use it. Um, So (laughs) I think it's super important to have a language that people feel from you when they go look you up. Mm-hmm. Um, you can type my name in into Google and I'm very Googleable, sometimes to a fault. And uh, online leads, I feel like also look you up. So if I'm talking to them and I give them my name and I tell them I'm with Relevate Homes, you know, very quickly can they go type my name and see how legitimate I am. So I think there's a really nice balance between business life and personal life on my social media. And I think that's really important. I think sometimes people want to have a business Instagram as well as a personal Instagram. And I just combined mine. So I'll post, you know, 70% of my personal life and then 30% of business life to let people know that I am producing. I do know what I'm doing. And that starts to kind of build that trust within your sphere. But I think you have to have a presence first and foremost, and also know your brand, like know who you're appealing to. My sphere is full of first time home buyers. So when I'm talking and educating, or, you know, sharing stories from wins of closings. That's what I'm focusing on is how many concessions we were able to, able to get, what negotiations we were able to achieve, you know, all that stuff that's going to speak to them instead of talking about, you know, 
all the listings and stuff that I've sold since obviously that's still important, but my sphere is more buyer centric. So that's what I have to focus on. And I just feel like if somebody opens up your page, what's the first thing they're going to think, right? On Instagram, it's a very quick flash of all those little boxes. And so if it's a bunch of, you know, selfies of yourself, that's awesome. Great. Um, but it's not really going to like speak to who you are as a person. So if you open mine up very quickly, can you tell that I'm always with somebody for the most part? It's either my client or my family or my friends. And I spend time with my family a lot. I'm out in the outdoors a lot. And I like to share about my closings because I like to share not about the closing itself, but about the story of the client. Yeah. And so I think what you are writing as well is important. I feel like some people have said, you know, I don't really love to do a big, long caption. I like it to be funny and witty. Love that. You know, I have my funny moments, but I like to uh, share about the client. So I write a story about how did they come to me? How did they meet me? Why was this important to them? How did it end up working out? And I have had other people reach out to me and say, I love the way you speak about those people. You know, when I bought a house, my realtor just kind of gave me a cutting board and then disappeared at the end. And I never heard from them again. And it just felt like another closing to them. And so they don't want to feel that way. They don't want to feel like a transaction. So people have literally either converted from another agent to myself because of how I talk about my current clients, or if they've never bought a house, they want to be a story that I share. And they've literally said that to me before. So that's why I keep doing what I do. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I think everybody who's listening to this is probably Googling you right now and looking at your <laughs> Facebook page. And, and, you know, like I said, it looks like you have a lot of fun with your clients. And I think this all comes down to being relatable. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, I don't know if you remember this uh, conversation, Tyler, but uh, when you were fairly new and, and we got together and we talked and, and, you know, I talked about things about like how you look and professionalism and everything. And you're a pretty laid back guy. I mean, I think that day you might have been wearing Birkenstocks or something. Okay. And so, you know, I think one of the things you taught me was that you have to be relatable to the people that you're doing business with. And I guess I kind of learned that too when I started and most of the people that I I started working with when I I was 25 years old were single people who were buying their first house. Mm. And I didn't relate very well to the 40-year-old couple who has two kids, right? And so you guys do a great job with that. Now, does everybody on your team do that same thing with their Facebook or is that unique to what you do? So I feel like it's kind of a mix of people already having social media but not utilizing it to their best potential, I think, but also a couple of people that had an account, but like weren't active whatsoever. So that's actually a focus point that we talk about at 411s weekly, because I'm trying to build new habits and a new habit isn't going to come from talking about it a couple times a month. It's going to come from writing it down and then holding yourself accountable and having someone else hold you accountable to it as well, which is where I come in. As Tyler would probably attest, I'm a big fan of accountability. <laughs> so <laughs> I know what it has done for me. And I know that if I, you know, I might not be your favorite person for holding you accountable, but I'm going to be your favorite person after you see the results that yields you. What does that look like? What does that meeting look like? Somebody walks in and they say, I didn't, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Yeah. So our 411s have a pretty, you know, I wouldn't say like super strong it's, it's a structure, but we can obviously deviate from the plan. But my goal is to talk about what goals did we write down last week? How did you accomplish those goals? If you didn't accomplish a goal from last week, what happened? And then kind of diving in deep on that. I feel like a 411 is typically motivation to give them a little, you know, sometimes we all get discouraged. This business is hard, especially when you're starting out or even if you've been doing it for five years and you're just feeling a lull. Um, so motivation is important. Sometimes, you know, just a swift, swift kick in the pants also works a little bit. Um, training is important 
to of like, hey, we're doing the same thing over and over, but nothing's getting results. That's the definition of insanity. How are we going to change that? So sometimes you get, uh, I like to say like blinders in this business. Literally, you're just focused on one lane and you just think you're doing all the things that you need to be doing to get business. And you just start to forget about a couple other things here and there. So just talking about it helps me bring my perspective to it and just brainstorm new ideas. Um, And then lastly, just sometimes uh, having the structure around stuff. So keeping them accountable to what did we write down? You said you were going to do this. How come it didn't happen? And then every single week, you know, the people who rise to the occasion are the ones that feel uncomfortable having to say that they didn't accomplish a goal. And you don't want to say that. Like when Tyler and Tyler still does 411s with me, I am not walking into that room telling him I did not accomplish my goals from last week. One, that's letting myself down. It's letting him down. It comes down to respect as well. I respect Tyler. Tyler respects me. We're pouring into each other's cups here. So you're just kind of doing yourself a disservice if week after week you're not fulfilling your goals. Um, so I don't think I have that problem with my agents at all, but it definitely comes up naturally because we're all human. Obviously life gets in the way, you get sick, kids have schedules, whatever might come into your life, but I'm here to kind of keep you on track for that and then also motivate you to show you that it is possible and I'm doing it alongside you. Very right? cool. Okay. So now with, with all of your agents, is there an expectation, like a minimum standard for activity or transactions or both? Yeah, that's something that's changed recently with our, you know, with this kind of this new commitment. And so what one of our um, new commitments is, is produce. And so um, ultimately, there does need to be production. And so we want every agent shooting for two closings a month. If they're not averaging at least one closing a month, then it's probably not working. And so that's kind of that minimum standard. But we don't really ever coach or speak to the minimum standard. Let's, let's, we coach and speak to two closings a month because in our, in our organization, that's going to net them six figures a year. And that's going to be kind of a good quality of life. So, so that's our expectation. That's what we speak to. But way before that, we have something we call the perfect agent week. And so it's literally just a checklist of everything they should be doing every week. Um, the different types of calls they should be making, the type of, you know, cleanup they should be doing sphere touches. And so ultimately we want to see that they're completing that every single week, getting hundred percent on their perfect agent week. And so if they're doing that, they're coming to our stand-up meetings, they're sharing their goals, then they're doing the front end activity that we want. The back end activity then ultimately is that production. And, and even if they're doing all that, if it's not leading to production, then it's not working. Okay. So. Very cool. So let's talk about your second pillar, the, uh, the referrals that you get from other agents. Yep. Tell me about that. How did that start? And, and how has that grown to be, I think you said 30% of your business. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, for us personally, it's, it's a pretty healthy mix of referral networks and then agents sending us business. And and I think the thing with referral networks is, is they tend to build over time. There's a lot of them out there. Um, but I just found for some people, one might work better than the other. So we kind of just tried a bunch of different networks, joined a bunch. And so for us, um, veterans United and then op city are two of our, our more popular ones, but it's taken a long time to build those networks. Most every referral network, they have an algorithm that's measured you know, how well do you convert and how good do you communicate? And, and, and then the better you do, the more leads we give you. So it takes time. So over time, those networks have built, but then what I've also found is just, um, having social media presence, um, teaching, training, things like that can, can let other people in the country know who you are. And if you kill it and do a great job with those agents, I've seen more and more recently an agent reach out to me because an agent I did business with, referred that agent to me. And so it's, if you really do an awesome job with someone, you're getting agents who are referred from other agents. Um, and so that's been kind of our focus as we grow there. Okay. Yeah. And you've been on stage a couple times with Gary Keller and, 
and been interviewed and such. Have you gotten anything from that at all? Absolutely. Yeah. Every time I do something like that, I have people reach out. Um, and so, you know, what's cool with that is, you know, maybe not everyone's going to go be on stage at mega camp, but almost anyone can figure out what could I teach in a market center and go offer to go teach for free in a market center, something that you love. Like, you know, Natalia could teach anywhere her Instagram system, you know, and when you do that, you're going to get people that reach out. And so if you go seek to add value, um, you'll probably see something in return. Every time I do something like that, I I have people reach out. Okay. Let's move on to the third, the internet leads, online leads. So uh, where are those coming from, uh, Natalia, and, and who's working those leads? Yeah, so our online leads are, we do it, we filter everything through Boomtown. So we've also done command leads as well, and Tyler's had a lot of success in getting us those too. Um, But I started out with Boomtown leads back when Relevate was starting out with me. Um, We didn't have all the, you know, the luxury of our revenue that we have now to be able to buy nice things like Realtor.com leads. So it was just Boomtown leads, and I made a full business out of that. Um, I think that first year I closed 20-some Boomtown leads, Mm -hmm. and so... People sometimes get a stigma against them. It's a cold lead. Why would they want me to call them? They're going to hang up on me. They're going to be rude. And there's, you just have to get all that stuff out of your head. The number one mindset switch is, I always tell my agents and myself this to this day, is if they don't get me, who would they get? Mm -hmm. Because I know that I'm going to care for them. I'm going to roll out the red carpet for them and their friends and their family. And I'm going to treat them like a million dollar buyer. doesn't matter what price point they have. Right. And so you just have to have that mindset and they might tell you they don't need your services or they might be rude or whatever the case might be. But guess what? That just becomes another tally on your notebook. And we all know this is a numbers game. More tallies you get, faster you get to a yes, faster you get to an appointment, faster you get to a closing. So to me, it just kind of became a competitive game within myself of how many dash marks can I get on my notebook of people that said no, because I know I'm getting closer to a yes. Uh, So, yeah, Boomtown leads and then Realtor leads as well coming in. So obviously higher caliber, they cost more because they're usually a slightly warmer person because they're already inquiring for the most part. Sometimes they don't mean to click that button, but who knows? They're, <laughs> they're looking for a reason. So <laughs> lots of ways to probably convert there. But uh, yeah, those are kind of our top two, I would say. And then command leads too. Mm-hmm. And Tyler can probably speak more to those. So yeah. do, do all the agents actually work those leads or is there a specific group of people that works those? Yeah. You know what, what we've kind of found with our online lead strategy is, is we found that it's good to be diverse. And so, so I, the way I think about online leads is you have leads that are more top of the funnel and leads that are more bottom of the funnel and top of the funnel is they're cheaper, uh, lower converting, take more effort to convert bottom of the funnel. They're more expensive, uh, but maybe take less time to convert. So, um, so what we found is for newer agents that are just coming in, I want to start them with the top of the funnel leads. I want to start them with the boomtown leads that it's cheaper. I'm not wasting a bunch of money on figuring out whether you're going to be able to do this or not. And what a new agent has the luxury of is time. And so they're going to put the time in to convert as they're closing those higher, uh, higher funnel leads. They don't have the luxury of working a hundred Facebook leads a month or something. They don't have the time. So that's when we start delivering the lower funnel leads like realtor.com or Google local service or something like that. So not every agent works every lead. Ultimately what we see is as an agent produces more, they work a higher percentage of low funnel leads and a lower percentage of high funnel leads, if that makes sense. Okay. Well, so what's the best one? 
the best the best ROI lead we have right now is Google Local Service. It's probably giving us a 15 times ROI, 15x wow. ROI on our spend. What's amazing about Google Local Service is it's basically just marketing and branding. What's going to happen is if you Google real estate agent in Littleton or in Denver, Google now has three agents that show up at the top that say Google verified agents. And so if you just think about how the how the buyer or seller works, they're going to Google I want an agent so you know they're looking for an agent. They're going to look at a bunch of options and they're going to choose you and they're going to reach out to you. So the quality of the person is really high because not only are they intentionally looking for an agent, but they chose you out of the group. And so, um, and the beautiful thing about Google local services, you only pay if a lead comes in and if it's a fake lead, they reimburse you. So that helps to really keep the cost at you're only paying for legitimate leads. Oh, wow. Okay. That's mm-hmm. a great deal. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on uh, and let's talk about uh, your partnership that you have. Okay. So tell me about that. How did that start and where is that today? Yeah. So the, the funny story that I share is that, you know, when I started off in real estate, I took a, a KPA, a Keller personality assessment, and it told me that I was a terrible fit for a mega agent and running a team. So I just decided I'd build a mega agent with two business partners. So, um, in, in all seriousness, I think, I, I think I recognized from the beginning what I was good at and what I wasn't good at. And, and maybe more honestly, what I liked and what I didn't like. And so I'd had experience with Andrew in college where we actually led uh, church bands together and we had taken personality test then. And I had learned, man, he loves the things I don't love. And he's good at the things I don't love. So from the get go, I said, I want to partner with people who compliment me well. And so that was recognizing Andrew's great at systems processes. Um, he's gonna, he's gonna really make sure that everything's dialed in that way. Um, but then I also recognized, as I said, I'm not the type A salesman that wants to say all the hard things. Like I'm the people person. And so I found Matt Stover when we were working at Zillow together, he was the top uh, Zillow, uh, salesman at the time. And he was the type a let's go. I'll say the hard stuff. And so between those three, I said, I believe we will go further if we're partnered together than what I'll go on my own. And, uh, and I've experienced the benefits of from day one, when I partnered with those guys, I got to only focus on what I was good at and what I liked because they were going to do the other, the other parts that I didn't like and I wasn't good at. And that led to more success. And, and I think the other advantage of starting a real, real estate team, in a partnership is that I'm buying what I'm selling. You know, as a real estate team lead, you're, you're selling partnership. You're saying, trust me that if you're partnered with me and you give me half of your commission, it'll be better for you in the end. But I've already bought the fact that I have 33% of the business. I don't make a hundred percent of the profit. And so I've bought what I'm selling is I see that partnership is better for me in the long run, even though I make a smaller percentage of the profit. And so I think that's been a huge benefit for us as, as we grow. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. So what's next for Relevate then? Where's Relevate going? Yeah. So, uh, we, I have found kind of as we've, as Natalia has come up and, and as she's started to, um, take the job of team lead, I have found more and more that, that not only do I love helping real estate agents succeed, but I love leading leaders. And so Relevate is now moving into a point of not only can we have a business supporting agents, but we can have a business supporting team leaders. You know, And I find same thing with, with team leaders as agents. 
you know, if you're running a real estate team, there's all these things you have to do and be good at. No one is good at everything. And so, you know, what Natalia realizes as a team lead is she gets to focus on people and culture and sales, and we get to handle everything else. And so that this next phase is raising up and supporting uh, team leaders who then we have, you know, so growing our expansion, we're launching our, our third expansion, our second one in Arizona um, next month. And then we'll just continue to have those conversations. So not only is it support leaders in that way, but then also going um, wide in terms of the transaction. So we have a mortgage company, we have a home services company. So our desire there is I want to be able to also provide depth of value to my clients. The same way I want to provide depth of value to agents, I want to be able to say, hey, client, I can help you with your mortgage. I can help you with remodeling or with whatever you need for your home. So in those two ways is, is kind of where we're, where we're pushing next. Okay. What's next for, for Natalia? <laughs> I... Uh weirdly enough, just want to create other people to have the life that Tyler helped me create for myself. And I would love to have a million Natalias, you know, (laughs) um, but I would, but like obviously their own version of themselves, because I feel like, you know, people look at my life now and so many new agents are like, Oh, well I could just do my day to day like Natalia does. And I'll have the success that she has. And that's not where I started. I started from literally nothing, building my way up to this, and I didn't just get 55 closings in one year. I had to build my way up to that. So um, I'm super excited to show people that this is possible. There's a groundwork you have to lay first, but then once you put in the hard work and you just put your head down and you just keep your head like where it needs to be and just focus on everything that needs to be happening for you to get to where I am now currently, I just feel like Relevate's going to be unstoppable. So very cool. Okay. So what's the one thing then the one most important thing that you do to be successful? Like what's the one habit that you have to have? Consistency. I say all the time, I am not a rocket scientist. I am nobody special. And I certainly don't even have a college education, to be honest. I graduated high school and then I started working full time. So it does not take a certain level of skill or smarts or whatever the case might be. It just takes consistency and time on task on the things that are going to bring you back a return. Uh, The best thing about Relevate is kind of like what Tyler was saying about his partnership with Matt and Andrew. It's interesting because I haven't, haven't really heard him speak about it that way because that's why I stay on Relevate is I don't have to take care of the things that I don't want to or that I'm not good at. And actually, they're the same exact thing. I'm not, I don't like the things I'm not good at. Who does, right? Um, but I know that there are things that I am good at or I can get better at because those are going to bring me back business. So those are the things that I like to focus on. And that's what Relevate is designed to do is take off all that backend stuff, all that admin process system stuff that I don't like designing, but boy, do I like the advantages it gives me and I like implementing it. So I'm definitely an executor. You show me the plan. I'm going to execute it a hundred percent. So, um, I think that that stuff is super important. So partner with people that you want to partner with, partner with people that you admire and you want to uh, be like, and I know for sure that like I admire Tyler and I admire his family life as well as his business life. And this is the person that I would love to strive to be more like. And so that's why I stay in business with Relevate. Okay. And so for Relevate, what's the number one, like most important thing that Relevate needs to do to be successful? Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I was thinking about it as she was saying it, I think if Relevate truly cares right? For its agents, for its clients, for its leaders. If we truly care, then care unironically tends to always lead you down the right path, right? And so um, I think sometimes people say they care, but 
their, their actions don't reflect that. I think sometimes we say we care, but we're not willing to say the hard thing to someone and, and saying the hard thing is actually the caring thing to do. So I think Relevate is going to accomplish its mission if we actually care, like actually care about making a difference in our employees and our agents and our clients. Very cool. Okay. One last question and then we'll round it up. So uh, what's your favorites? What are some of your favorite vendors or services that you're using right now that help you become successful? Mm. Well, I'll, I'll mention something a little bit nerdy, but I think it, I think it matters a lot for us. Um, we absolutely love um, a software called Airtable. Um, and Airtable is, uh, is going to undersell it, but it's basically like an online spreadsheet. But we have worked really, really hard to build all of our systems through Airtable because what it does is every agent has a dashboard and, and it shows their numbers live up to date. How many appointments, month to date, year to date, closings, dollars made, month to date, year to date. We have their perfect agent week. So the checkbox they check off and it shows them their progress towards that. They can edit their sphere lists right on that dashboard. And so Airtable allows us to connect everything all together. So our closings are in there, our pinnings are in there, our appointments are in there, our sphere, our leads. And so um, it allows us to truly automate and bring front and center for our agents the most important thing. So I would say that th- that along with people who love building Airtable out, uh, you know, on my team, like the Andrews, uh, gives us an advantage there. So I would say, yeah, we, we don't tend to do the CSUs of the world or CTE or things like that because we've built something ourselves that, that we really love that's customizable for us. So I'd say that makes a big difference for us. Cool. Yeah. Natalia. <clears throat> I, I was thinking about Airtable as he was talking about it. You this stole is, your idea. <laughs> this, well, this is the system that I did. I don't even know how it got built. Honestly, things happen on it that I'm like, how is that even possible? Like it's when he says real time, it's real time. Somebody can have it pulled up presenting something off of like the main dashboard and I can be changing it on my end and it'll automatically show up that like I inputted something new. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I, I love it. Mm-hmm. I'm not super uh, techie, but uh, I love the stuff that it can do for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for our vendors, I think inspectors are really important. I think that having a really good relationship of somebody who's not going to scare your clients, but more educate them. Obviously, every house has problems, but how do we fix this kind of thing? Uh, and then just having a good relationship with them, you know, giving you a summary of the house if you weren't able to go to inspection or being able to talk to your clients knowledgeably or not disappear after they sent over the inspection report and just being someone who's also part of your team, right? Like you present yourself to your client as the person who's got all the answers, so if you've got people in your corner that, you know, don't have your back or vice versa, it's not going to look good, right? So you got to have that person that's, I'm not real big on sports ball, but uh, probably like a quarterback with some other people back there, you know, <laughs> there's probably some other terminology, there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you won't find me knowing about that stuff. <laughs> so yeah, uh, whole team aspect. Gotcha. I, just, I just need to know the proper terms. <laughs> okay. I have to ask. So relevate. Yep. What does that mean? Yep. Um, so first I'll give a little bit of background when we were the shields team initially, and we pretty quickly switched to relevate because I felt like if I was truly going to try to empower agents and team leaders for it to feel like it was their business, it was going to be hard if it had my name on it. And so I wanted someone to look at relevate and think Natalia, not think Tyler shields. So we decided to switch. Well, we actually took a lesson from Zillow in their naming process. We wanted to um, come up with a name that could be synonymous just with our team. And so I don't know if you know, Zillow comes from zillions of pillows. That's what they, that's what they were, came up with their name from. We want to be the place where there's zillions of, you know, pillows because the houses we sell. So relevate is, uh, um, 
elevating lives through real estate. That's, that's kind of where that concept comes from. And it's a name that you're not going to hopefully associate with anything else, just with our team. So it was a name that we thought if we got as big as Zillow one day, you know, it would be so not people, people Google Zillow. They don't Google homes for sale. Right. So we want it to be someone Googling relevate. So elevating lives through real estate. Wow. That's very cool. Okay. What did you guys do before real estate? And specifically, how did you find Natalia? Yeah. Yeah. So what I did before real estate, um, I was in sales. Um, I worked at Zillow and so, so I was in sales selling marketing to real estate agents. And before I was at Zillow, I worked at a referral network and I passed off a referral. So for four or five years of my life, I interacted with agents, interacted with clients, but I wasn't in that, uh, in that job. And so it was enough, enough years of me doing that. I was like, all right, I need to jump in. I'm ready to be that agent on the other side. And then um, finding Natalia was two things. One, about being at a great uh, office in Littleton. And two, having a great team leader, Matt Lee. I believe <laughs> Natalia showed up one day and Matt Lee was doing a tour around the office. And he, he said, Natalia, you got to meet Tyler. Natalia might be interested in a team. And that's how we ultimately, ultimately met. Very so, cool. Okay, Natalia, what did you do before you got into real estate? I was serving tables at a fine dining restaurant in the Denver Tech Center, Shanahan Steakhouse. Still, I think that they have the best steak in Denver, and they do not pay me anymore to say that. So, <laughs> But yeah, I realized now that I like look back and I'm able to see the big picture, my favorite part about going to work every single day was that I was going to be able to meet new people and that I was going to be able to give them an experience probably better than the next person. And it wasn't so much about being better than the next person. It was more so about their, um, what they would think when they were leaving. Did they just have a really nice dinner and the food was great or did they have an experience? Like, was it the service that was provided to them? Was it everything that kind of came together? You got to have a good product and you got to have good service, right? Otherwise you can't really have one without the other. Um, so I realized really very, very quickly that I really liked doing that and I was very good at it. I had multiple nights where I wasn't even really on the roster for people that were walking in or random reservations. I was on like their little, um, I don't really know what the proper term is anymore, but they're like list of how, who gets sat where and people were just coming to me that were return customers. So they were coming back and they were requesting to sit in my section specifically and they would wait until a table opened up. So I thought that was really cool. I just kind of took that for almost granted. I was like, oh, that's so cool. They came back to see me. But then I realized that's a strength of mine mm. is I'm able to give someone an experience unlike nothing else. And they don't want to sit with somebody random. They don't want to have a random experience with somebody because they don't want to take the chance of it being worse than what they had the first time. So that's kind of my thing with real estate is when I meet you, whether it's your first home or your 30th home, I'd like to be your realtor for the rest of your home buying journey or the rest of your life, to be honest. I want to help your kids. I want to help your grandkids. I want to help everyone that you know. And I want to be that person that you think of when it comes to having an incredible experience with the home buying or selling process. Very cool. Okay. So do you have anything else to say or anything else to add that you think is important? Man, I, I think it, it circles back to, to what I said earlier, just like truly, um, truly caring, the two aspects, truly caring for people, um, taking time to listen to not only what you hear they say that they want, but to Natalia's point earlier, sometimes you need to help them see a future they don't even realize is possible for themselves. So caring to the point where you're going to help someone maximize their potential in life, I think is one key to business. And I, and I uh, make no bones about it that I think partnership is the other key. I don't think anyone succeeds at the highest level possible without getting to just 
just focus on the thing they're best at and surrounding themselves with others uh, that are good at what they're not good at. So I think care and partnership is that key to success at, at the highest level. Okay. Do you have anything else to add? Uh, I feel like he kind of hit the nail on the head there with everything. <laughs> so um, I think it's super important who you go into business with. And it needs to be something that you see for the long haul. Not just, you know, I'm going to join this team, get a few lucky deals out of it, and then I can't wait to go start my own team. You know, I think that that's a very... Um, short-sighted vision because as we all know you know you're going to start from the bottom trying to build your own team when we all know that there are teams out there that will 100 percent power you so you can be a team you can be a partnership you can be a husband wife team you can be by yourself even and you can go join a team that will help your team vision actually happen in fact that's happening with literally somebody on our arizona branch right now and that's going to be our second arizona expansion here shortly Mm -hmm. so Okay. Um, our world can be as big as you want it to be. Very cool. So how do how does everybody find uh, Relevate online if they want to look you guys up? Yeah, so um, you can find, so RelevateHomes.com is our website. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. I think it's Relevate Denver is, is our Facebook. And then uh, what's Instagram? Uh, Relevate Homes. Relevate Homes mm-hmm. on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Well, I want to thank uh, Natalia and, and Tyler from Relevate. I appreciate you guys. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Yeah. Lot, lots of great information. So thanks, guys. And we will talk to everyone soon. Thank you.